welcome to the Shooting the Cube podcast presented by Heath Riles Barbecue with tips, tricks, and an inside look with some of the top pit masters in the game. Now here's your host, Heath Riles. We are back for another episode of Shooting the Cube, and today I don't think this guest needs much introduction. We're hanging out with our good friend, Stale Cracker. What's man, been going on, buddy? Man, what an honor to be here. Uh, I guess I take distance, uh, not in a good calibration. I'm going to come up there tomorrow. I'll put in my thing of four hours. I was like, oh, I might as well just go to hunt camp in Illinois after I'm finished and go shed hunting because I'm halfway there. But I appreciate it. Man, ain't nothing like it. So for everybody that does not know who you are, why don't you tell them a little bit about yourself and how you got started in this whole mix of social media and selling that old Cajun two-step? Man, it, it's, it started off during COVID. I think I think if we'd have started a four months early or four months later, it wouldn't have did it when it did. Everything happens for a reason, and I'm going to say that a lot in this video because my daddy always told me that, and I doubted him. Now I'm getting older in age, and I said, man, that man was right. Uh, we just started filming what we did every weekend. Cajuns are entertainers. We like to cook. We like to entertain. We probably don't even eat at the end of the night, but we want to see a smile on other people's face when they eat the crawfish for the first time, when they eat the etouffee for the first time. And COVID hit, and uh, we just – Kept cooking at our house, and more people came, and more people came, and uh, it's it's this is this is something you're not making up because you see it real life when people meet you at these events and say, "Hey, I'm addicted to your channel because I was stuck in that apartment, I was stuck, and I watched you drink beer, shoot guns, ride four wheelers, have your friends over during COVID, and we couldn't do it, and you were just a wild man living life." <laughs> And that's why I'm addicted to the channel. And and we, then, you know, I showed my videos to my mama and my papa. I said, oh, this dude can really cook. That's how we do it. That's how the Cajun life is. And I'm glad to share it with the world. I'm glad to bring Louisiana around the map. Well, I know you're bringing Louisiana around the map without a doubt. So how did you get, I guess, what did you do previously before you got into this? Well, I'm glad you brought that up. I've been shunned for about two years and couldn't speak about it. I was a Louisiana State Trooper for 19 years and uh, finally better retire and draw a beautiful check every month. But, uh, you know, it was hard keeping it separated for a while. And uh, now that this is my full-time gig and I enjoyed my, my spot at the state police, and it's, it's time to move on. Well, ain't nothing like that. First off, thank you for your service. Appreciate uh, it. it. It's always uh, – hard to make that transition i think going from a stable stable career to uh going into the world of selling products and social media so for you having that stable platform to kind of jump off of, of of building up those years to retire i know that's uh put some peace of mind in your family's mind anyway. right right so um so from now that you're retired from the state troopers what do you do now what are you going to do now well let's let's just backtrack a little bit uh it was it was hard to uh, do both, to be the stale cracker and a stale trooper at the same stale trooper, <laughs> stale cracker at the same time. Uh, that's where the wig and the glasses came in. Now I done grew the wig out. No more wig. Got the real deal, Holyfield. <laughs> and everything comes with a price. Uh, you know, things happen not like you always expected to happen. And uh, got into a little incident that hit the news. 
And when it hit the news, the world and the state police put Stale Cracker and the trooper together. And it, it blew up like a wildfire. And uh, not being able to tell your story, people could run with the bad story, you know, what they wanted to respect in life. And uh, I think the state police made a knee-jerk reaction. Politics got involved, and they terminated me. Gave me a good time to reflect on my life. And everything happens for a reason. So I got a lawyer, got the facts of what happened in that incident, brought it to the board, and uh, they looked at it and said, oh, boy, 19 years of flawless service. And I got nothing bad with the state police. Trooper of the Year, life-saving awards, uh, SWAT 15 years, explosive breacher, zero disciplinary actions in 19 years. And they terminated me, not for breaking the law, breaking policy. State police has so many policies, they would melt the Bogalusa paper mill down if you printed it, if you know <laughs> what I mean. And, uh, you know, brought it to the board. The board looked at the facts. And I'm going to say facts because that's all we could prove is facts. And uh, they didn't even want to hear the case. They said, man, from what you present here, just like my lawyer said, in 30 years he'd never seen something so buffoonery to fire somebody with a flawless record for breaking a few policies. And, uh, you know, things happen for a reason. And in that time I was terminated, I got to reflect on life. I was the guy that signed up to leave their family at midnight to save other people's lives. I was a guy that missed my kids opening Christmas presents because your family was broke down on the side of the road. But I signed up for that. But now I get to concentrate on my family and my life. And things happen for a reason. And in that time, people don't see the messages you get. I thought I was doing good as a trooper. I thought I was changing lives. No, they'll crack us changing lives. I get the message from the from the veterans, from the kids that get bullied in school, from the people going through depression, drug use, saying, hey, man, I put your videos on, and I was about to end my life, and you brought joy to me. You strive for me to make another day. Thank you so much. And what it would take for me to shake your hand and talk to you one time, I said, you know, I message everybody back. Man, I'm here for you. Whatever it takes, this is my address. 1211 Service Road, Kentwood, Louisiana. I'm there Monday through Friday. You love me, you hate me, I'm there. Come see me. We'll talk about it. And uh, I finally found my calling. You become a trooper to be a personal servant, to do public. But, hey, I really found my calling as a stale cracker, as a Cajun two-step. Bring great products. Promote Louisiana. And just to bring people up when they're in a bad time in their life. And it really took all this happen me to see the real light and that's why I strive today people see my videos and oh why you throw that stuff you know why because that one kid said they like when I throw stuff <laughs> they like when I break a paddle so with all that put behind me I'm really concentrating on growing a legacy growing a brand and you know social media you get the followers you get the sale <laughs> but what I like is the return sales anybody could sell a trash product once I look at my products. I see what other products failed in. Look at my hot sauce. Look at my seasoning. Oh, what's the number one complaint in hot sauce? Too much vinegar. We cut that out. Too much salt. We cut that out. And we're moving forward to easy meals, you know. People say, oh, you came out with a box jambalaya. You sold out. Well, if you're in South Dakota and you ain't got all the stuff you need 
and you ain't a Cajun, in three steps you can have a good gumbo, a good jambalaya, I got you. You know what right. I mean? That's Everybody what I don't have that big pot. That's it, man. That's it. Well, that gets me into, you know, food really changes people's lives. And we were talking that before we started kind of over here filming. You know, just seeing somebody smile on their face when you cook something for them, it's that warm, fuzzy feeling inside. And that's what kind of made me stick with barbecue is seeing people's reactions, you know, and, and even hearing that before. So one of the big questions I have to ask you know, Cajuns are known for cooking big meals. So you're always known for feeding crowds. How do you scale those recipes in your head to the size of pot that you're cooking in? Let me ask you that. Boy, well, I got to give all credit to my, my grandpa in this. Uh, he was a county agent. We grew up on a farm. We had chickens, rabbits, squirrels. Well, squirrels are in the trees, but we got them anyway. Uh, we had a hunting club, and, and hunting club that – that they don't have no more. We had two, three hundred members. We ran dogs in the swamp, and he was, he was there. If they only had thirty men at the camp, or they had two hundred fifty, we had to cook for them. And I learned from him. We did the fairs and festivals, crackling competitions, gumbo competitions, and uh, you know, it just it comes out to a formula. You just put it down. If it's twenty five people, you know what to do. If it's three hundred fifty up to a thousand, I'm cooking for now. But Ooh, I don't like to do a thousand. That's where it hurts <laughs> my arms. That's a big pot, ain't it? Oh man, I call it the miserable pot. But uh, <laughs> yeah, we just did a little event for my daughter. She's at Nickel State cheering, and we did a uh, you know we did a fundraiser for her. And I was throwing that pot, and saying, "Boy, you're lucky I love you." <laughs> but yeah, it's just you know it's one of those things. Once you do it over and over and over and over, repeat. It's just a recipe. It's a formula, you know. So what are what are some of the biggest fundraisers or names that you've cooked for so far since you've kind of broke away and started doing that because we follow you of course and we communicate back and forth some you're always at a different event or a, it seems like a charity fundraiser you're real big into that and i've got a respect for you that for 100 percent. i wish i had more time to do more and i'm going to make more time uh, but you're always doing that type of stuff of making impacts on fire departments and police and and uh, any kind of really service members so what what's the biggest one you like being involved with every year First of all, I gotta say, don't ever forget where you came from. Stay humble, and I'm gonna give back to where I came from. You know, I know what it was like. Uh, I love doing the uh, the uh, the Army Navy game. It's called Next Vet Ops. It finds veterans jobs, and you go if you're a veteran, you go on this website. Whatever hometown you're in, if somebody's trying to hire a veteran, you can put your application in. It does way more than that. And then I'm also, uh, man, this one got me good. It got me in my heart. Southern Outdoors Unlimited, right here in Mississippi. Uh, it's a small, it's small, but I'm gonna make it really big. And uh, well, they might think it's big, but I don't want to knock them. But I, I went do something with them recently, and they they rate, they brought over a hundred handicapped or terminally ill kids hunting this year, and they get them the little scooters to bring them around. And I'm working with Grizzly Box Stands right now to give a bigger door so that we could drive their their handicapped wheelchairs inside the blinds and. You talk about a rush, huh? You're trying to get 100 kids out there and in the stands and they're killing stuff, and I love it. You know what I mean? Is, is that the same one that Mark and Jamie help with every year around, uh, like Arca Butler Lake and all that? I think so. Sure. Yeah, it's right here. We it's, don't it's not far, far from Jackson. And I just got involved with it a few months ago. I went up there and visited with the, with the compound and got to go on a deer hunt and see what they do and 
It's it. As a matter of fact, I saw a picture coming up there. They had a kid in the track vehicle stuck in the ditch. And I was like, oh man, the kid had a smile from ear to ear. But something that you take for granted every day that me and my son take for granted, my kid, and you go look at this and like, boy, there's a bigger picture in life. You know, it really is. That's another one. And, and then we do, you know, we do a lot of St. Jude stuff at golf courses and cooking and stuff like that. But uh, you know, it's just you stretch yourself so. They're so thin sometimes, but you feel like you hadn't done nothing at the end of the year. I know how that is, too. Did you ever think that social media would take you to all these places and all these people that you got to meet? I mean, did you ever imagine that that would happen from the first TikTok or anything that you ever posted? If you would have imagined it, if you would have <laughs> tried to make it work, it wouldn't have worked. Everything True. we've done is by accident. <laughs> The first video I put out was making fun of my dad, my uncles, all that, because they shrimp don't peel. So I got on there. I was tired, man. I was like, man, I worked on a shrimp boat two summers. I know how. And people and people thought my shrimp, that peel method was just a heist to make people ruin shrimp. And, but that's the number one thing. Everywhere we go, and say, hey, bro, I ruined a lot of shrimp until I did the, your method. And it works. And people think I'm crazy when I do it. I'm saying, it works. If you. If, you're exactly right. It's a trick to making crawfish and shrimp come out of the shell yep. really easy. It's definitely a trick. Uh, and a lot of people, I've been to a lot of cookouts in my life where you couldn't peel the shell off a shrimp or a crawfish if you tried. It's not all you could eat. It's all you could peel. That's it. That, that's what the casino's for. That's right. right there. You don't go there to get all you need because you're not going to eat much. Yeah. I, I have to ask, I actually listened to the podcast you've done with Jackie Bushman. Okay. How cool was it hanging out with Jackie Bushman? Man, that dude's a character now. He's uh he was he's pretty squirrely. He he'll he'll run from a jump, you know what I mean? But it it was fun. We went stay at his cabin, we caught his big old I don't know what kind of brim they were, the biggest brim I ever seen in my life. But it was cool to go to uh Montgomery and, and do the event, the thousands and thousands of people that came through. It's uh, you know, once in a lifetime experience. I don't know when we're gonna air this, but I got another once-in-a-lifetime experience coming Sunday. I'm going to be in the Bacchus Parade, front and center. It's, it's one of the biggest parades in New Orleans, and they got me way up high. I might hit my head on the tree limb. <laughs> but it's just certain, like, if you ever would, I never would have thought that would be me right there in the spotlight. And, and when they call, and uh, I got my manager here, Jacob, and I was like, they got the right person? They was like, no, they want you, bro. I'm like, wow, that's crazy. And go up there to do that, to see the people of Louisiana and then promote, you know, Louisiana's industry. And I see the message like, I never want to come to Louisiana until I saw your crazy ass. <laughs> and I see you up there, and I want to come to New Orleans. And I might not want to go to Bourbon Street, but I want to go eat crawfish. And I want to do this and do that. It just brings stuff full circus. Well, I'm sure you know Bourbon Street is not what it used to be. 20 years ago, Bourbon Street was a pretty cool, eclectic place to go down and have a good time. And, and we were down there, what, a few months ago? A few we months ago, we were in New Orleans. Got invited down. November. Uh, the label company we do business with invited us down. They own a suite at the thing there. We went and watched the ball game and stayed down there. And But for us, going to New Orleans is all about the food. Oh, definitely. I mean, going around and hitting places and trying out new New places we hadn't been and recommendations and uh it's still I've traveled to a lot of big cities and if you want to go eat, New Orleans is the place to go. There's not another bigger city in my opinion. 
What was uh, what was the name of that one restaurant that we absolutely just Restaurant Revolution? Yeah, I've never been there. The best greens. It's I've a ever little had. pricey. Green. Greens. It'll shock you. They were very. What was it? Was it located compared uh, to? That be? I don't remember. Uh, I'd have to look it up. Restaurant. It was right. actually a recommendation. Um, Malcolm and Rochelle said, yeah. "If you don't go anywhere, you got to go here. That's this awesome. is the one place. I'm to to check it out. Very hard so, to get reservation. Yeah, you got to get a reservation. Yeah. But it, it, it was worth it. I mean, it was I was, amazing food. It was not the cheapest place to eat, but as far as quality of food, service, service was great. I'm not away. going to eat to be cheap. You know. Yeah. You well, what's the old saying? You can get cheap, good, and fast. Yeah. Pick two. Yeah. <laughs> That's, That's it. Right. Well, I want to know how you come up with all these catchphrases you got because I struggle with trying to get one or two catchphrases. Well, before the catchphrase, how did you come up with the name Stale Cracker? Or did somebody come up with that for you? No, no, no. Was it's, it a nickname? Well, I think my friends did it for me. <laughs> so, uh, like I said, we, we do these parties and we hung out. And, you know, uh, you ever grew up, people say, I put that on a biscuit or I'd sop that up on a biscuit. But <laughs> yeah. growing up, my grandpa would be like, but that's good enough to put on a cracker. And so I always said it, and then we'd have parties, and I'd leave all the crackers out. And then, then the next party we had, all the crackers were stale, because you know I wasn't going to buy no new ones. I'd make you eat the stale crackers. And all my buddies said, man, you ain't nothing but a stale cracker. Every time I go, here, your crackers are stale, and it just stuck with me. And we ran with it. And I got on uh, TikTok when I made the first video, and I put stale cracker with a C. It was taken, so I put a K, and it was there, so I took it. So, hey, there's not much science behind that, you know? No, it's not. So, talking about the catchphrases, how do you, did you come up with so many catchphrases? Oh, man. I, I guess I guess my dad always always said that's money, you know. So, I just, you know, ended up something. That's money, dude. And and while we wait, we hydrate. Just, just like, you know, you're cooking. People don't realize there might be a seven-minute video that took four hours to make. There's a or lot longer. of waiting and hydrating going <laughs> yeah. on, you know. And you know that. That's why I don't barbecue. It's too much time. <laughs> oh, uh, and look, Cajuns, I'm going to go to barbecue. There's only one person I know that's decent at, and that's James Cruz. Ain't no many Cajuns winning nothing in barbecue. Now, we barbecue. But we barbecue to eat. We ain't barbecuing to win, you know. Yeah, James is a is a really really good cook. Good cook. And uh, we, I mean, hey, back to facts. You can go pull up the facts. How many Cajuns won Memphis and May and Kansas City? Mm, I don't know none. Not I many. Don't, I don't know none. I think I handed him his first second place trophy at Memphis and May. Though. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. But you know, while we eat, while we wait, we hydrate and. And that's money, dude. And put that on a cracker. And don't be a fool. Hit the gator drool. It just, I don't know, it just rolls off your tongue when you're cooking and you think about something like, hey, well, how can we spice this up a little bit, you know? So That's always pretty cool coming up with that. But I struggle <laughs> with mine 110%. So when we were talking about cooking the big meals a while ago, what is your, your one go-to Cajun dish besides crawfish? Oh, it's got it's to be ball peanuts, huh? No. Boiled peanuts? Absolutely not. So what is your infection? You like boiled peanuts, No, right? I don't. No. You don't? I'm not a fan of them. I don't. I mean, I'll eat them, I guess, per se, but I don't eat many peanuts or anything. <laughs> it, it, it's a very good, funny story. Uh, so when I started this social media, this this following, I get these messages. Show me your Cajun ball peanuts. Ain't no such thing. So I was 20 years old before I saw my first bald peanut. I was playing baseball in college up in southwest Mississippi, riding around. Buddy took me to a convenience store. He got a bag of watered-down ball peanuts. Came in a truck. I said, what is that, goldfish? What have you got in there? He said, man, that's ball peanuts. That's awesome. I ate one. It tastes like a snotty booger. 
I said, mm, that ain't for me. I went back home, got with my dad and my grandpa. I said, you ever heard of a ball peanut? They laughed. My dad said, well, I played ball at Louisiana Tech, Bradshaw, and uh, Duck Dynasty guy. And he said, that's why I saw my first ball peanut. My grandpa said, well, during the 4-H, I went up to Arkansas to buy a pig, and I got my first ball peanuts, and they both hated them. And I said, well, have you ever seen a Cajun on the bayou ball a peanut? Nope. And now everybody's asking for a Cajun ball peanut. Doesn't exist. Doesn't exist. We don't do that on the bayou. And people make a living. I'm not nasty, not nasty mouthing it. People make a living off a of ball peanut. It's just something we don't do in Cajun country. We don't ball peanuts. And it's, it's, I think it's so funny. And I did a video just, just making fun of it, just playing like I caught some crawfish that were peanuts one time. And uh, my wife loves them. And, uh, but just think about this. I used to see them in a can. Oh, yeah, yeah. Think about it. You buy a bag of peanuts, $42. You got propane, $25. You got your seasoning. You got all this stuff. You got six hours in it. We got $100 in a bald nut. $100 in a bald nut. You know the shrimp I could have bought, the crabs, the crawfish, and had a really good meal? That's the way I look at it. I don't think I've ever tried one. Uh, I I mean, I remember. You in bald peanut country right here. Well, so I remember as a kid – so I have a half sister. She lives in Alabama. So we used to have to make that drive to visit her. Um, and there was always a little shack on the side of the road mm-hmm. that, that Ball so, nuts yes. And so my parents would stop there and get them because my dad liked them. And I remember the smell of them. And I think I liked the smell, but I never actually ate one. But yeah, it was always anytime we drove past there, they were stopping to get it. But I, I never ate one. Yeah, I mean, I've always thought they were okay, but nothing I had to have. Right, right. You know what I mean? I don't really know the origin of boiled peanuts. I'm sure it was somewhere in the south, but I'm, oh, it's it's a it's a can I say this word redneck? It's a redneck thing. That's where it was. You know, they they yeah. love them, make a living off them, glad for them. I just I could eat two or three, and then I'm moving I'm on. You know, so. I have a crazy question. What is your thoughts on Jar Roo? <laughs> nothing wrong with Jar Roo. It really is not. Uh, it has its place. I think. Uh, I think cooking. I think when you make your own roux, it's like killing your own deer. It's like if I gave you deer meat, it wouldn't feel the same if you eat my deer meat. I think when you make your own roux, it brings more pride to that dish. But if you ain't got time, hey, that's why a I weeknight came, meal. That's why I came out with the Holy Trinity in the shaker. All, I always say bring fresh out if you got it. But if you don't have, this is, hey, it'd be like me coming out with a jar of roux. Well, when, are, when time, are we gonna have a jar of roux from Stale Cracker? Nah, make it easy. <laughs> come on, we might next, but I think it's. I think anybody can make a roux as easy. Just enjoy. it is easy. I love making a homemade roux, but sometimes I don't have an hour. That's right. It's my biggest things. I don't have an hour. So the funny, I'm gonna tell you a story real quick. I never used jar of roux in my life until the other day. I tried to do a a gumbo from all bought items. I bought a rotisserie chicken. I bought the Holy Trinity. I bought the roux. I didn't read the directions on the roux. I threw it in the pan hot with, and I was like, this ain't doing right. And I, I said, we got to put more roux. I put more. Stirring. I said, all right, we read the direction. You're supposed to put the water first. When I put the water in there, dude, I'm telling you, the, the editing came into effect. We had a pot. We, like, baked a cake, dude. We put it just in. rose oh, up. Oh, dude, it was a huge ball of roux, though. Oh, I said, we effed up now. Cut the video. <laughs> Let's read the directions, dude. You know, I uh, 
I think we've all had those videos like that where we said, cut it, it ain't going to work. Throw it, it ain't going to work. Cut, Let's cut. start over. I, I know that I've had, what, two? Oh, you lucky. Two? I got enough. I burn up a, a chub of bologna one time. <laughs> burn it up, I'm talking about. On a gas grill on top of that. Oh, yeah. Well, the outside. Yeah, the outside. Oh. The inside The inside was fine. Out. It was probably still cold. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she she seen my turkey. I did this year. I burned the shit out of a turkey. Let it roll, babe. <laughs> Millions of views on a burnt turkey. The inside was juicy, though. <laughs> yeah, I got a fried turkey like that. I don't know what you mean, too, on a fried turkey. I feel you like you put mad. enough seasoning on outside and fry it, it's going to look burnt. It's, it's going to look, look burnt. burnt. You make people mad with a fried turkey, too. Ooh. You know that we done yeah. a fried turkey, and, you know, we. I'm sure you're like me. You were outside doing it, right? Sure. I was out, no cover over you, nothing. And so I don't turn my propane off all the way because I don't want to get on there with that hot grease already hot sure. to try to relight it. So I leave it alone and just lower it in there a little bit, you know, ease it in there. It's not frozen. I know it's not, so I'm not going to boil over. But there are people like on my video that just went ballistic because I didn't kill the fire. It's not safe. You unsafe. Yep. I was a little bit, you know, I'm a, I'm a fence rider. People didn't know that. I think people just, they just, I think some of them look at, and speaking of mean comments, we can get on that. <laughs> so I, did, I just think people look at some certain people look at the video and just try to pick one thing just so they can have peace in life to comment. And they, they throw their two cents in there and I tell them thank you and move on, you know. It's yeah, we tell, them, we tell them thank you too. What was the yeah. uh, who told us what they comment back Susie. to? Susie. Hey, girl, what, hey. What did she say to them every time um, somebody makes a mean comment? What was it? I don't remember. Yeah, ha ha, okay. okay. Yeah. She, she yeah. just responds. She to responds, ha ha, okay, to every every single one of them. Yeah, I think a lot of people don't think you ever gonna respond to them, and what you do is like, oh, oh, he saw it. It ain't good for us. Well, I mean, we we have we try not to respond back in a negative, negative oh, way, like not. you That's say. We pick and we have fun with people right. because we think it's funny. I mean, we're just having a good time. Sure. I mean, in making some food that we like to eat, and we get, and we always say, you can use whatever you want, do it however you want. This is what we're doing. That's it. I mean, do whatever That's works you, for you. Do you have people that say mean things because of your Cajun accent? Because I feel like this one gets comments from his <laughs> southern accent, so I can oh, only imagine that yeah, they, you must get that, too. You get too. people like, hey, what did he say? Can I get a translator or something <laughs> like that? But, no, oh, it's, it's, it's good. You just get that. You know what? When you get hateful comments, that means they're watching, they're watching yep. you closely, and exactly. I love it. Exactly. I love it. Well, they talking good about you or bad about you, they're still talking about you. And that infinity barrel uh get the pissed-off bourbon people riled. Oh so, so, you know what? I'm going to skip around on this. Let's <laughs> talk about this infinity barrel. So, I've I've had the idea I was going to do an infinity barrel forever. <laughs> no, I didn't, we didn't even talk about no infinity barrel. <laughs> but now that you're doing one, how many bottles have you put in so far? I think we're up to 45. That's a 30-gallon barrel. I think it's going to take 150 normal bottles to fill. Wow. And we got about 40 bottles on deck. You know, we do three a week. Someone dude said, if you do three a week, it's going to take you a year to do it. Man, I'm glad you're good in math. I don't care about time. It's going to take me a year. Appreciate your thoughts and concerns. Uh, what What is your plans with it? So, I don't know. I hadn't got with the ABC board, but I definitely, <laughs> I definitely going to take, I think I'm going to take half of it and do some kind of special bottling and auction off the charity. That's Maybe cool. this uh this Southern Outdoors Unlimited 
and donate more wheelchairs and more. I call them wheelchairs. This thing's got oh yeah, all terrain, all terrain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I want like to ride on myself. You know, it's fun (laughs) as hell. I don't like to walk. I'm fat. You know, looks like an Argo, a personalized Argo. Personalized Argo. Do some of that, and then take the other half and put them in really small bottles and give to guests and special people that come over or whatever. And anybody that maybe donated to the barrel that asked for anything back, because since they did, yeah. you know, took. We that. see somebody on TikTok doing it now with the small bottles. Like if you send a bottle or whatever, right, he, he, right. He mixes you a little pint bottle and sure, it back sure. I think I think anybody would be happy to get two, three ounces of of it and send it back. We tested it today. We run at about a hundred fifteen. Uh, uh, what is it? What is proof. it? Proof. Proof. Yeah, about her. I bought the like. So I'm gonna do a video. I'm gonna look like uh, on uh, Back to the Future. I'm gonna put my hair all like that and with the glass, like I'm like the doctor, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and do it and be like, oh, are we testing do, this. So out? have you like set any guidelines for yours? Because I know some people only want certain proof to go in their barrel. I know that's a thing. Or so are you just we, we make it bourbon or whiskey. 80 proof or higher, no flavors. I don't want to dump vanilla crown in it. Yeah. It is yeah. what it is. They will ruin it. Uh, scotch, I'm not a big scotch guy, so if you send scotch, I'll put it on the bar, so when you come by and you want to drink your own scotch, you can drink it. <laughs> well, I will ask this. Have you ever had a nip of McCallum 25? I never even heard of it. It well, is scotch. It's scotch, but if you ever had Just a like nip. like an ashtray? It, no, it would change your mind. No. It, it would change your mind. I'm write that down and get one on the way home. No, you won't get one of these on the way oh, home. Oh, you got to order them? They're special? They're high? Yeah, they're a little bit, they're a little bit high. Three, four hundred dollars a bottle? No. Uh, More. Whoa, I ain't going to drink it then. So what's, uh? let me ask this, <laughs> like since you've become this. Ad, you got to take a space. Tastes like an ass tree. I always <laughs> go back to a friend. I like gin. <laughs> Do you drink gin ever? Have you ever had gin? Do you like gin? gin and juice, sipping yeah. on gin and juice, lay back. I'm thinking of one time <laughs> one of our one of our country friends Damn. tried my martini, and I had a uh, Tangeray gin martini, and he he had never had gin, and I was like, just try it. This goes back to the term redneck. He's right. real from Arkansas, just real country guy, real nice man. And he said, I feel like I'm I'm chewing a pine tree. <laughs> and I was just like, you know what? I get that. Right, I, right. I can't disagree with him. After you tore your bat up, you lick your hands like, <laughs> mm, 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 mm. that's not too good. That's the way gin is. Yeah, Some of that gin dude, can be a, rough. Ooh. I mean, rough. So so with the Infinity Barrel, are you, did you drink bourbon before? Oh, uh, a little yeah. bit here and there. Yeah, I just I, I you know so I'm gonna piss a lot of people off with this, but if if it's an all day all day race, we're going Crown Royal and Sprite all day. You know, I'm a Seagram Seven. Well, there you go, Sprite all day, all day. Now, if it's late at night, I'm gonna have a good pull. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna get a high dollar whiskey and put it over a little ice and sit there and, and watch he you know Heath Rouse barbecue and tell him what he's doing wrong. Get on my. <laughs> My keyboard has a, some secret name. He don't know. Like you suck, you suck. You know, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'll get a I'll get a good pull every now and then. But if you know, if it's an all day affair, Crown Royal and Sprite is the way to go. So, have you ever had any Pappy Van Winkle? Ooh. Oh, we didn't. Did we post that yet? No, that's Wednesday. We pulled one in the barrel. Oh. No, we put it's not. What's the other one? Pap? We got the other one. Rip. rip. I poured rip. It's in like a there. ten or twelve. Ten. I poured ten, a 10 yeah. in there. Just a, ooh. Spike them up, you know. Yeah. The more expensive it is, the more pissed off they get. The more comments like, "This is trash. You ruin everything in the world." Just it's you awesome. Ruin I love it. Well, you know, I, I don't. I don't think you're ruining anything. I mean, a lot of people mix whiskeys like that, and there there are companies now. There's one, a new one in Nashville that buys 
uh, sure. barrels from a lot of people and mixes them together, stores them, and then rebottles it. There's a lot of people who do that. And for a personal infinity barrel, I've right. always been in love with that idea. For your buddies to come over and, you know, have a nip out of it and talk about it. and Bring their own, you know. And for somebody who's got a palate and doing what we do and tasting products and, and you eat a lot of spice raw, I'm sure, like me, making recipes and doing stuff and making sure stuff tastes right. So weighing that over to the bourbon and being able to pick out some hints of cherry or oak or sure. vanilla, I mean, all that kind of stuff is just refining your palate. And and what is it doing is I'm getting stuff I never would have thought about trying that's cheap or expensive, and I'm like, all right, I'm gonna buy. If I really like it, I'm gonna go ahead and purchase one and put it on the shelf for you know. Sometimes I don't like the pour man that they that good, but I just go buy another one and put it on the shelf for a later date. So know? I seen you do a bottle of Blantons like that. How did you like the Blantons? Been a big Blanton's fan for a long time. I love Blanton's. I'm, I mean, I'll, I'll drink the snot out of it. You know? Have you had any of the other ones besides regular Blanton's? I had the gold. Uh, then I think they were made one out of Japan, if I'm not wrong. They did. They did. You can't. Yes, yeah. I have one of those. Uh, we got. A, I got two straight out of the. You got straight from the barrel. Straight yeah. from the barrel pig. And you got a gold. Awesome. And a gold. I never had no whistling pig. I might have to get some of that maybe. I never mm. tried it. I got a full set of Weller. Oh, yeah. I, have, I like Weller. I've yeah. got a couple Pappy 10s or 12 or 15. Awesome. I got a bunch of E.H. Taylor. I'll tell you what you don't do. Don't go to Las Vegas and order two shots. Oh. Depends on where you ordered them at. Uh, I'm going to tell you. At a casino. Don't do it. Well, <laughs> I where did you stay at when you went to Vegas? Uh, Caesar. No, where we Caesar. stayed? Uh, you wouldn't have. Uh, <laughs> trying to think of the name of the place. Uh, uh Venetian? What's it Venetian. called? Oh, yeah, that's Venetian. Venetian. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah, that's where we stayed. We stayed at the Golden Nugget when we went. We, we stayed in like Vegas downtown. one time, seven days, and it's don't ever much. do that. You know that whole thing about you get lost in the mix of Vegas? You don't even know what time it is. You don't it's realize real. what time it is. It's Three in the morning, thing. you're in a casino, and you don't know what time it is. I don't gamble, so that, that helped me out. I, didn't, I don't I, really gamble either, but you're still there. and got to do something. Yeah, it's just it's wild. Oh, yeah. And we had a good time when we went. We we had a private driver with somebody else paid for, and it was a bunch of crazy stuff, limousine service, and uh, it was a very wild trip for sure. Uh, I don't get many wild factors in my life, just the way I was growing up and stuff I've seen. And uh, I got to go to SHOT Show. That's wild. So sure. it's kind of crazy you bring up SHOT Show. That's kind of on my bucket list go. thing. Me and go. my son walked around. We had one day to spend there. I was there at the fancy food show. With our products, trying to get out to Canada and Mexico and, and Australia. And, and my son said, man, we got to go, Dad. So I'm sponsored by Grizzly Coolers, Grizzly Box Stand. So they got us some passes. Me and my son, son spent five hours there, and we only hit 30%. Now, did he touch every gun in there? Oh, he molested them, man. That <laughs> my, my son's a gun freak, and he, he knew more than what the people knew about their guns. And it was a great time. Next time I go, I'm going to take two or three days to – Sit there and suck at all. Of That's I would really like to go to. I have friends that go and and everything else, and it's um, they say it's an incredible experience if you're a gun person. Sure, um, it's, it's not just unreal. guns; there's everything you can think of in the tactical industry, hunting, fishing, uh, archery. You know, even you know all kind of stuff side by side. So, so are you going to the NWTF thing? No, in Nashville, I don't think I'm going this year. No, I, I've never been, so I don't. I know. hadn't either. We. We've been up during one of them somewhere else, but I wish that we could go. Yeah. It seems like a good good event. Oh, I hear a lot of good things about it. We're doing something next month in Georgia at the NWTF. Uh, they got a, their chapter over there. We're going to go cook and hang out. But, yeah. 
Well, tell me about Key West. Are you coming back to Key West this year? I'm definitely going back to Key West. I'm going to do things different this time, you know? I don't know. Well, last time you, know, you were, it was your anniversary, too. It the was. Dates are moved. This no, not time. a day's move. So, ooh, my wife won't be so mad at me. But we had a good time. It's a, it's a good event and uh, definitely going back. You know, I think I won it all, but they, they cheated me, you know. How they go. <laughs> I mean, I caught all the fish and all the lobsters. How you not? Hey, playing? we was behind you on lobster. We was one behind you. That's one. Hey, second place, babe. That's, <laughs> That's it. You ain't first but on barbecue, I think I had you. Absolutely. You killed me in barbecuing. Like I said, I don't barbecue. Well, tell me about this much. We're talking about cooking. What do you think about these crawfish prices? Uh, you know, I think it's like a hurricane that's about to hit the coast. They tell you that everybody's about to die. You're not going to have nothing left, and you wake up, and you got a tree branch in your yard. Uh, you got to think about crawfish. Been in the game for all my life. Uh, it's Mother Nature. It's going to be crawfish. There's just going to be a month late. Hold your horses. Hold your horses. It's going to be crawfish, I promise you. With the rain we're getting, the ponds are filling. Just whoo. They call it the crawpocalypse. I don't believe it. You might pay a little more this year, but you will have crawfish. You just got to wait. Yeah. Well, I told somebody if we won't eat as many crawfish, that just means we'll be eating more shrimp. Oh, I like shrimp sometimes. <laughs> I mean, shrimp that peel, though. Shrimp that peel, though. <laughs> That's exactly right. So, what is one of the wildest things you've ever eaten? Iguana. I went to I went to Florida. We shot iguanas with pellet guns on million billion dollar yachts. <laughs> million billion. And we ran out there and we snagged them off of uh what's his name? Who's Tom Brady? Yeah, I went on Tom Brady's back porch, snagged the iguana, brought him back on the boat. We skinned him, we ate him. Tastes like crap. Like crap. Maybe you can cook it because I barbecue it. You know, maybe you can barbecue it. Didn't taste it like chicken? No. Tastes like rotten. No, nah, not rotten. Tastes like a funky, a bird that ate fish, like a funky fish flavor, like a like yeah. a, uh, a diver duck. You ever ate a diver yeah. duck that's been eating fish? That's what it tastes like. Real gamey. Uh, I don't know. It's very gamey. Mm. That don't sound good. <laughs> so what is the proper way to cook crawfish in your opinion? Uh, I don't know if there's a proper way. I, I know it, Put them in ice chest and throwing stuff on top of them, not the proper way. Uh, I see people boil them in fresh water and then throw them in an ice chest and season the top of them. If I want to lick my fingers, I could just season my fingers and eat them, you know. Uh, I think the proper way to eat crawfish is have an experience. Call your friends over, split the bill, get your drinking games, play your cornhole, and get your family together and enjoy time with your family and have a crawfish experience. Who cares? You know, I ship crawfish all around the United States uh, through Fruge Farms, and I'm so scared. They're $300. I'm going to ruin them. Don't worry about ruining the crawfish. How about the experience you make for a lifetime with you and your family? If the crawfish, you can't ball them right, oh, yeah. But at better time, they talk about that event you just had and how great it was, and you got your family and friends together, which is a lost art because when I grew up, Every weekend, I was at my grandpa's, and everybody was there. We were picking corn. We were cutting it. We were harvesting rabbits and chickens, and we were cooking. And every Sunday, we got together and broke bread. That don't happen no more. It don't. It's really bad. And if to bring that back, if it takes a crawfish for you to ball it and spend $300, and you get all your pandas over there, and y'all have fun, you can't put a price on that. That's true. You really can't. I guess you put it in a way that 
is the best way to sum it up. It's all about their experience. And I never looked at it like, I guess you can look at barbecue the same way. Because time you go out and you spend all this money on meat and everything else, and if something's a little bit overdone, it really don't matter because it's about the experience there you had with your friends and the talking and the camaraderie. That's it. That's what it's about. People lose thought on that. Oh, your ribs didn't pull. Oh, they pulled too much. My life, my wife likes them when they fall off the bone and put them on a sandwich. She ain't going to win no competition, I promise you that. But they're good. They're good, man. Uh, yeah, I think people on the internet lose thought of what it's about, and it's about family, friends. At the end of the day, what a great experience of memory you can make with old nasty mud bug roach. That's what you're right. eating. It's delicious. That's right. That's exactly right. So, you know, Tell us a little bit more about your products here. You said you got a new jambalaya mix coming out. So, yeah, I got a little hate yeah. on my jambalaya and my gumbo mix and my pasta laya mix. And uh, my whole thing is having a social media reach is if, if I don't want another Cajun to cook that. And, and another Cajun, I'm going to use coon ass. Google it. It's not a, I, I enjoy being a coon ass because I'm the only certain few that could be one. I don't want you to buy my cookbook. I know your mama got a better cookbook than this. But if you're up north, Illinois, North Dakota, and it's cold, within 20 minutes, I'm telling you, and I'll have people tried it, have Cajuns, people in my family. This is the closest you're going to get to homemade. And you get your kids involved. Three, four steps, and you got a, a gumbo, a jambalaya. You got stale crackers, pasta laya. And look, and I'm all about the kids. I even got them a, a, a ABC book. It explains Louisiana and shows what an egret is and a nunu. You know what a nunu is? I don't. That's a little pacifier. That's a um. nunu. I bet you didn't know that. But yeah, okra. It's got everything in it. And it just, you know, my whole thing is to spread Louisiana culture. Dude, if you on the bayou and you cooking this, shame on you. This ain't for you. You know what I mean? <laughs> just makes it easy for people to enjoy the Cajun culture. Well, you're bringing it to people's, people's dinner tables because let's face it, everybody's not going to cook that huge Cajun pot of jambalaya that you cook, right? But going home and feeding a family of three or four out of a box, they can do it in a heartbeat. Easy. And I think you're just giving people the options that they want. And I get we're, we're all going to have some haters out here. But you know what? They're just a fan that don't know how to express theirself. I believe it. I I've believe been that. saying that since 1997. Cool. 100%. Fully. So, look. I appreciate you coming on the show, telling your story, kind of setting everything straight. I love hanging out with you and having a good time. And Key you, West again. We, we've hit it off since we met each other years ago uh, at Malcolm's place. And, Absolutely. Uh, and, man, I can't wait to get back down to Key West, have a good time. Maybe we can venture down there and go fishing before that trip. Oh, yeah. That'd be fun. A little scouting trip. A little scouting. And you got to come up you here and do some turkey You ain't hunting. winning. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Well, tell everybody where they can find you at on social media if they don't already know. So, you know, the, you got the CajunTwoStep.com if you want any of these products, the cookbook, the children's book, and uh, Stell Cracker Official, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok all the social media out there. And uh, we're going to keep spreading the Cajun community and the word and, and keep doing charity events and just living life as the fool and and uh, taking what I guess I don't call it a, a God gift. I just call it a call, and that which I started a long time ago and finally making it full circle. So come along for the ride, and the Infinity Barrel will keep going to infinity. <laughs> That's it. Well, thank you very much yes, for coming sir. on. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. thank you. Thank you for tuning in to the Shooting the Cue podcast. 
If you have any comments or suggestions for future episodes, please feel free to reach out to us on our social media channels or through our website. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform. Leave us a review if you enjoyed the show. Until next time, keep shooting the cue.